The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Kaiju, the Japanese term translating to strange beast, is both a term describing giant monsters as well as the name of the entertainment genre that has frightened international audiences since its debut in the 1950s, when Godzilla made his big screen introduction tapping into our primal fears. Since then, the giant monster genre has spawned dozens of sequels, reboots, original properties, knockoffs, and an endless rogues gallery of massive monsters to pit against one another. Most of them are enemies, but many are misunderstood defenders of the universe. The one thing they all have in common is that they're weird, imaginative, and captivating. And now, the great pop culture debate wants to determine what is the best kaiju. Like Mothra, I am also summoned by a pair of tiny twins, specifically the Olsen twins whenever someone plays a VHS copy of When the West Was Fun. I just can't resist! I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panel for this episode, who will be battling it out for the very fate of the planet, or for modest internet fame. Whatever. Much like Godzilla, he's ancient, he's pissed, and his personality is radioactive. It's Bob Erlenbach. Eric, thank God our audience can't see me because my dubbing is way off. Another reason to never underestimate the importance of body language. Thanks, Ursula. Our next panelist is just like a kaiju attack, and by that we mean most people run and scream when they see him. Please welcome back to the podcast, Zach Derby. Eric, it's like you studied my life growing up. It's scary, but I feel honored. Mm. Well, is that the Empire State Building in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Oxygen Destroyer. I hardly know her. It's Eric Klein. Yes, Godzilla. And it's a very special welcome to Eric, who is one of our top-tier Patreon supporters of the podcast, and who is sponsoring this episode. So we are just delighted to have you, Eric. And please feel free to destroy the elaborate city we have made out of cardboard as you throw your tantrums throughout this episode. Thank you all so for having before we, me. Oh, sorry. We're sorry. delighted. No, you're good. So before we get to the debate, how does this work? Although this is a mini-sode, we did have a public poll in which we invited kaiju fans to select their favorite giant monsters. We tallied up those votes. The top 16 vote-getters were added to a bracket, and now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can. Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and go to polls and brackets. There you'll find the downloadable listener brackets for this and every episode of our little show. Do your picks match up with ours? Do you think we need to go back to hibernating at the bottom of the ocean for a few more centuries until our taste improves? Let us know by dropping a comment on this episode at our website or by yelling at us on Twitter, Instagram, or Mastodon. Also, as a heads up, throughout this episode, you may hear some strange noises as we have been alerted by the International Collective of Scientists that we may be, in fact, under kaiju attack as we record this. Gamera is really neat. Gamera is filled with meat. We've been eating Gamera. It's going to be a wild one, folks. So uh, before we get into the top 16, I would like to give our panelists a chance to talk about the kaiju they were bummed did not make the discussion. Bob, why don't you start first? 
Okay, so for me, one of the kaiju that didn't make the bracket was a Gauss from the Gamera series, which he is a a big opponent in several of the um in se- several of the Gamera movies, including um back in the sixties as well as in the nineties with the reboot films. It was in the both the first and the third movie from that, and I was just really surprised that it didn't make the bracket. It got pretty close, I think, when I think back on the votes and, and from the poll from this, but um it's it's really next to Gamera. He's probably the most recognizable um creature from that series and. Um, I just really like that um, creature quite a bit. Gauss is um, really kind of like a, I don't want to say pterodactyl. He's more of like a, a, what are those, not dragons, those things from Final Fantasy, those those winged beasts. I can't think of what they're called, but um, <clears throat> the um, he's kind of like that. But then the other one that I was surprised didn't make, excuse me, I wasn't surprised didn't make it because people probably don't think of him as a kaiju was um, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> I mean, he's a giant creature and he attacks cities. So he, I'm going to qualify him in that category, but you know, he's a sailor. He's in the city. Let's get him laid and we'll be fine. <laughs> so, You know, as I record this, it's fleet week in New York City. And so um, I, I always welcome the semen into my home, stay puffed or not. Um, so that being said, Eric, why don't you talk? You are a diehard kaiju fanatic. A, do you consider stay puffed to be a kaiju? And B, what were some of the ones that you were surprised did not make it? I would count him definitely. Yeah. In terms of ones that surprise me, um, there's a Bira, the giant lobster, because he's a giant lobster. How could you not love that and vote for that? And less surprised, but want to shout out the Graboids from Tremors. When I was like thinking about monsters for the episodes, I was like, oh, are they like big enough, you know, and like kind of thinking of like when do we count the sort of non-classic japanese monsters but i do love tremors so i want to shout those out yeah i didn't um, even think about adding those to the poll when we when we pulled this episode i didn't even think about adding those and that's a really great one to bring in sorry eric i didn't mean to interrupt you it's no okay. you're fine i had two clarifying questions for for and this is going to get confusing folks there's two erics i said jokingly when we began by top model rules one of us would have to have a fake name i'm not going to do that to eric because he's the sponsor of this episode so maybe it needs to be me that has a fake name i'll i'll, I'll workshop that as we go along um but uh i have two clarifying questions for for eric number one did the giant lobster also come with giant cheddar bay biscuits no See, I think that's why he missed the bracket. And then number two, I would consider the Graboids to be kaiju, um, specifically because they fucked with Reba McIntyre. And, like, she's a national treasure, so we need to protect her at all costs. So excellent, excellent uh, uh, suggestions there. Anything else from you, Eric? No, thank you. You got it. Zach, what about yours? So for me, a couple came to mind because kaiju is, I mean, it gets used in a lot of different ways. But one from my childhood, of course, is the Dragon Zord. I grew up a big fan mm-hmm. of Godzilla. The Dragon Zord was very reminiscent of Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla. Shows up originally evil, given all the the Rangers a run for their money. It kicks the crap out of the Megazord, and eventually Tommy becomes good. But you know. You could summon that thing with a, a a little stabby sword. That was amazing. And sometimes he'd control it from the outside. Sometimes he'd control it from the inside. And it seemed to have a mind of its own. And it lived in the water. Come on, that's a kaiju right there. That's the other kaiju. one, people may not think as a kaiju. But if you're a fan of Star Trek, way back in the day during the animated series, there was a clone of Spock that was Spock 2. 
and he was about 25 feet tall. And although at the end of the Infinite Vulcan episode, he was a good guy, I don't want to think of what it was like when Pon Far would come around once a year, because that that guy may do some damage to a city or two. Absolutely. And, you know, a, a 25-foot high Vulcan mind meld. Uh, <laughs> forget about two and the pink one and the stink. It's yeah. over. Um, and by the yeah. way, you can absolutely swear on this podcast, Zach. You feel free. I can't remember, so I self-edit myself. Uh, but I will. I will let it fly going on. You got it. Um, thank you. Great ideas. Um, I will say for me, I agree with you about the Power Rangers. That was one of the ones that for me, I, I, I consider the Power Rangers villains, especially. I mean, they're highly influenced by Kaiju, if nothing else. Eric, again, Kaiju expert, do you consider the Power Rangers villains to be Kaiju? Absolutely. Yeah, so like I had Goldar on my particular list. Um, the ones that I think are definitively kaiju and none of them made it were anything from Pacific Rim, which really bummed me out because I think at least the first movie's terrific and had some really threatening kaijus in it, specifically Otachi and Knifehead. I thought the designs were great. I thought the concept of the whole thing was super cool. And I just, I, I thought the whole thing was badass. Uh, then I would also say from a comic perspective, and I understand it gets a little weird with comics because it's comics um but fin fang foom from marvel absolutely qualifies as a kaiju to me and he's a delight you know he's running around there in his little purple spandex shorts very fashionable but he's been around since the 1960s wreaking havoc so um those were my particular picks with that being said uh, let's duck and cover because the kaiju are invading and the debates are underway That was a crowd running in terror. I can understand how it might not have been clear when you heard that. So first up, it was a unanimous victory for Big Daddy Kaiju Godzilla, who dethroned Ultraman antagonist Red King, meaning that Godzilla will stomp right into round two. But first, Bob did want to say something on behalf of Red King. Bob? Yeah, I just wanted to call out it was the only Ultraman monster that made it onto this list. And when I was doing research for this, as well as when we had our poll posted for this episode... Um, I think some folks would even argue that Ultraman and the and the creatures from Ultraman maybe don't always qualify or shouldn't. Ultraman does fall more in line with the with the Power Rangers um, kind of sente sort of um, approach to to these um, to the monsters and things like that. So um, I was just surprised that you know it was the only one. There was several Ultraman on the on the um, bracket. So. Um, I was surprised that he was the only one, but I was glad that at least one did, because I think it kind of diversified our conversation here today for sure. Um, but I was able to look up and, and watch some of the Ultraman episodes um, in preparation for this, especially knowing that Red King was on the list. And it's a lot of fun. It's from the 60s. It couldn't be more 60s of a series than you could imagine. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of fun. And I would encourage folks to seek it out. I think I saw it on Tubi was where I was watching it. So it's out there for you. But um, it's more... I just thought it was um, worth worth shouting out because it was the only one on the list. So, and I think Ultraman continues to be popular, right? I know he very was much at so. least through the '90s and 2000s. I'm not sure now. Yeah, there's there's continuously series as well as movies, and I think that even in comics, it, in lots of different media, he still pops up. He's incredibly popular, certainly probably in, more so in Japan than than here. But um, there's certainly a, a pretty um, pretty big online community for Ultraman as well. So. 
Great. Awesome. Thank you for that. Next, the panel is evenly split between pollution alien Hedora and benevolent giant robot Jet Jaguar. Eric, why don't you explain why a toxic guy like Hedora has you slipping under with a taste of his poison paradise? Uh, that was a badly delivered Britney Spears lyric, but you got where I was going. Bob, say domo erogato, Mr. Roboto, and try to program Jet Jaguar into round two. I'm going to have Bob go first. Sure. An interesting pair up because an and Eric, um, our guest, can also correct me if, if I get any of these factoids wrong, because you're probably going to be a little bit more in tune to it than me. But an uh, interesting pair up, because I think they both only had a single like feature film appearances um, for each of them. So it's a pretty good pairing with regards to that um, piece to it. But I just really picked Jet Jaguar because he's unlike really anyone else on this list. It is a robot, humanoid robot, which maybe there's folks that would argue that that wouldn't fall into the category of a quote unquote strange beast. So maybe people would argue that he he doesn't. But, you know, I think that because he's so unique and different, he first appeared in 73 in the in the movie Godzilla versus Megalon, Megalon, excuse me. Um, and I think because he's just so different from the rest, I think he has an opportunity here to just be be called out and, and be repped for. Um, his design was created from a contest for children, which I find particularly interesting. He's really cool. Um, it's a real, real sharp character design. Um, I feel maybe they were trying to capture some uh, kind of the Ultraman vibe because he is reminiscent of the Ultraman character. Um, but like I said, I think he's got superhuman strength, the ability to fly. He can grow in size. I mean, same. Um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's had um, he's seen as an ally to Godzilla um, to Godzilla. He helps him defend, um, you know, when Godzilla is defending and not destroying, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I just thought that he was um, pretty cool. And when it comes to Hedora, and I'll, I'll obviously Eric will will speak to to him and 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 them, excuse me, and, and defend them. But from a character designs perspective, I don't really care for Hedora all that much. It's it's kind of messy, kind of all over the place. I get it. It's like a, a blobby pollution monster, but just from a total aesthetic and character design, I think Jet Jaguar just outclasses and and it's a little bit more cool and and um, cool to look at and more fun. So. All right. Thank you, Eric. What have you got for Hedora? So I love Hedora. One of my favorites on this list easily. The thing about Hedora for me is that he's one of those monsters where like there's something really strong going on thematically because, you know, like everyone loves just like a nice little monster design, but something that like helps different characters stand out is just like when there's something with what is the monstrosity saying you know like godzilla atomic bombs you know like as much as we love just like a flailing guy in a lizard suit there's also that sort of like impact behind it and hedora delivers that for me in a way that like a lot of the other characters don't where even though that movie is so old now, it feels as relevant, if not more so now, you know, just like watching just all the pollution, all those like wide shots of just like, um, like just trash in the ocean, all of that. Like Hedora is very much just like, here's the monster that basically, you know, humanity makes. He's also very silly. He has, like, those multiple forms, which is always nice. We love a multiple look sort of thing. And when he just sort of starts flying around like a UFO, he looks so fucking stupid 
but it's really fun. It's really silly. He has those bulging, like, red evil eyes that just, like, anytime he's just looking at the camera, it's just very funny. He's, like, simultaneously, like, really serious thematically, but also just a joy to look at. So it just kind of gives you the best of both worlds for me. And he just says monster to me more than um, Jet Jaguar does because it's like, oh, that's clearly a monster versus the other is, like Bob said, visually is kind of more robot. Yeah, I, I have one word for Hedorah, Visine. It'll get the red out. Um, <laughs> and you, you were talking about all the shots of the, the trash in the ocean. I didn't realize they'd followed my family on summer vacation. But, you, you know, there we go. It's a documentary film. Excellent argument, Eric. Uh, Zach, where are you on this one? Uh, I'm really torn. I do. I like Jet Jaguar um, just as its own individual <laughs> entity it's it, you're right it's not a monster uh but it did i i it did have a special place in my heart from being a kid hedera was is a very unique monster um i think i just have this long-standing uh hatred of it because i was always teased of the flying ability and sprite in godzilla king of the monsters and yes and it never showed up and therefore i have still have hatred for him it's biased <laughs> and it's not right <laughs> but i still have it it's for some reason is it hetera or hetera because I, I am known for mispronouncing all the time uh my my nibbling Braden called me out in the pokemon episode for repeatedly mispronouncing pokemon is it hetera or hetera I've I've said and heard it both, but Eric, uh, Eric, number two, I defer to you. You're you are the expert. I'm really not an expert. I just <laughs> I'm just a nerd. I've heard it both ways, too. If there's like a more proper way, I'm not sure. Well, I encourage you to drag me if I mispronounce any of the monsters in this episode, and I am sure you, I will. Um, okay, okay, no problem. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, I don't know how I initially voted on this, but my argument, I think the argument that hetera slash hetera, heterosexual lifestyle, um, it is an actual monster, right? And uh, Jet Jaguar is more of a, a robot. And um, if I can throw back to our car episode, if Optimus Prime being a robot does not make him a car, then hetera slash hetera being a robot does not make him a monster. And I'm 100% doing this to get back at Bob. So uh, I'm throwing my vote to hetera hetera. And uh, I believe that's three to one, correct? Or are you sticking with Judge Jaguar here, Zach? Yeah, with with the logic, I I will go along with Hedera. Hedera, the smog monster, is a monster. So I will concede. I agree with Bob, and I still love Jet Jaguar, uh, but I will concede and go along with Hedera. All right, Bob, you're going to say something. I'll go ahead and switch over to Hedera as well, because I, you know, I, I, I certainly rep for Jet Jaguar. He's super cool. But I think Eric touched on something really important as it pertains to all of these films is that these monsters say something. There's a there's a message. These movies have a message as goofy and as silly as they can get. And maybe not all of them have a message, but their their origin, their genesis, everything of what they were from the very beginning is a commentary on what is happening in society, what is happening in the world, what is just happening in general whether it be nuclear pollution whatever the case might be so hitera really is more representative of the genre as a whole so i'm willing to go ahead and switch over 
All right. It's a clean sweep for Hedera slash Hedera slash Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Next, three quarters of the panel is ready to demolish New York City with American Kaiju the Cloverfield Monster. But Zack thinks three is a magic number and is pushing for longtime Godzilla foil Ghidorah. Zack, explain why Ghidorah remains your king. I will explain why I would pick Cloverfield over and over. Zack, you can go first. All right. Thank you. So... There have been a few monsters that have fought Godzilla over and over again, but really there's only one that gives him a run for his money every time that he cannot beat without help, except for one movie, and it is Ghidorah. It, he's been many names, Ghidorah, King Ghidorah, uh, Astro Monster, and Godzilla cannot beat really any form if he is the main antagonist. And he's deadly with his, with the, his flying ability. He's got the gravity uh, beams. Whether it's one or three monsters, it's practically unbeatable. The only way Godzilla could beat Ghidorah was in GMK when Godzilla was the antagonist. And, oh, now we're going to use Ghidorah as a hero. And it reverses how all the characters are are playing against each other. That's the only reason Godzilla was able to pretty much one-shot him. Any other time, I forget how many films Ghidorah showed up in, but I believe it's more than any other kaiju that Godzilla has ever fought over his history. He's got a great design, too. Um, let's just say that. And I will be very open. I am so swayable on all of my picks for this episode. This is... Uh, I I am a, have an awareness on kaiju, but I am definitely by no means an expert. And you can tell me that I am a, an ignorant slut, and you would be right. So I'm very open to flipping here. But let me talk a little bit about Cloverfield, which is actually not the name of the monster. Cloverfield is the name of the military operation given to the monster's landing. Apparently, the uh, people behind the scenes just refer to the monster as Clover. Um, Clover may lose points for barely appearing in the eponymous movie. Uh, in the shots that we do get of it in Cloverfield, we never get a full sense of the beast. While that was entirely the point of the movie, which was a found footage entry in the kaiju art form, it makes it an outlier in this group, and that's why I call Clover the elusive Chantus, much like Mariah Carey. Um, what makes Cloverfield work as a movie or fail, depending on your point of view, is that based on the original film, the viewer has no idea where it came from as it rampages through what is very much the real world. Uh, but the filmmakers have confirmed subsequently that the monster that destroys New York City is in fact a newborn that was separated from its parents and its own home dimension and is not wantonly destroying civilization out of rage, but out of fear, sadness, and confusion. When I feel like that, I destroy a carton of Ben and Jerry's, so I can't really blame the monster here. I like that the amount of thought that went into the design of Clover. One of the elements that I thought was the most interesting is that it's covered in lice, which are basically human-sized. And as it thrashed around New York City, the lice fell off and then started killing people and apparently replicating in them. If you remember that absolutely terrifying subway scene from the original movie, they discover one of the girls was bitten by one of these things, and they all freak out as she then explodes and presumably a smaller louse emerges from her. Total nightmare fuel. Like 20 years later, I still think about that scene and it freaks me out. So um, I like Clover in that it's original, it's fairly modern, it's American, but I understand it's up against Ghidorah, who is a like landmark 
kaiju and has been around for decades and arguably is a uh, more pure reflection of the art form. I'm going to throw it to Bob. Where are you on this one? Yeah, I'm definitely like i loved cloverfield when it came out i think that it's probably a very split crowd with people who like or dislike that movie and it was a really cool and inventive it was a found footage type of film like overall that whole phenomenon of that movie was super cool um you're right eric the 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 creature's like barely in the movie right and it does have some unique and fun things and the, and the design is great but there's a just a classic King Ghidorah, Ghidorah, whatever you want to refer to them as, like so classic, the three-headed three-headed dragon kaiju from a character design, a creature design, it's just so cool to look out, look at from when it started in the original films to the evolution of as they continue to refine it and make it bigger and better as it continued to grow throughout the films. Like it's just so much fun and so cool and um it's it is the creature one of the creatures that continues to come back to zach's point um it's just so classic and so epic and so cool to look at i just i can't turn my back on it now i will um be going with Ghidorah. Ooh, okay eric where are you on this one so this is definitely one of the like tighter competitions in round one i think but I'm going to stick with the Cloverfield monster because even though it's barely in the movie, that is true. That's definitely fair. I just really love what the movie accomplishes with it, where like part of it not being there is just sort of enhancing the fear of like New York's under attack. No one knows what's happening. And sometimes you just look over your shoulder and you see what's maybe a wing, and you freak the fuck out. Um, mm -hmm. That scene you mentioned with, like, the bite and the explosion, so scary, so upsetting. It's, like, it's really scary. It's also really silly again with, like, because it's almost kind of bat-like, you know, and it's weird little mixture of stuff. It's just, like, that nice, fun mix of terrifying and also a little weirdly cute and as much as Ghidorah is a classic, I personally have fondness for the Cloverfield monster, and I'm going to stick with it. So I think that makes us split right now if I stick with Cloverfield. Um, Bob, if we go alphabetically for tiebreakers, you're up first. Where are you going to give it? I'm going to give it to Ghidorah. Okay. Um, are we allowed? To, are we okay with that, Eric? Can we move forward with this? Yeah. All right, great. Uh, I do have one word for Clover, which is get some sun, honey. I mean, I'm pale, but that is a white ass monster. So uh, moving on, next three quarters of the panel is going metal with the iron giant known as Mecha Godzilla. But Eric feels like seafood tonight and is cracking into Destoroya. Destoroya. Destoroya? Zach, give us the nuts and bolts of your pro Mecha Godzilla campaign machine. Eric, tell us why we're in lockdown here in the muck down here with Destoroya and his hot crustacean band. I'll have Eric go first. So I will admit that Destoroya's name is kind of stupid. It's so silly stupid, but I like it. Um, but for me, like I mentioned with Hedorah, I love a monster that like shifts into multiple forms. 
And with Destroya, you get the sort of like hordes of smaller ones that then combine into the bigger one. And it's simple, but it works for me every time. It also is just like a fun example of just sort of that sci-fi trope of like, here's this ancient life form that's back and it's really not meant to be around of humans and it's fucking shit up. I just think it's fun. Um, yeah, I knew this would be probably the unpopular pick and Mecha Godzilla is obviously a classic, but I remember seeing Godzilla versus Destroya when I was like five on a VHS tape and it just got the chance to imprint on me younger. So it's Destroya for me. Yeah. And we say this all the time on this show. Like you cannot discount the power of nostalgia when something imprints on you at a very young age. It doesn't matter. That is going to have a profound impact on you going forward. Uh, see Flash Gordon and all of my sexual kinks. Zach, talk to us about <laughs> Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> All right, so uh, along with Ghidorah, Mechagodzilla is one of the other big bads that when it shows up on screen, Godzilla is in for an ass-kicking. It doesn't matter what version of Mecha-G shows up, whether it's from the 70s where you know, we actually saw Godzilla bleed for one of the early parts, um, which as a kid, seeing blood spurt out from a guy uh, from his neck was like, oh my God, that's my hero. Um up to the <laughs> 90s, where uh, that Mechagodzilla uh, actually killed Godzilla in that film, and all the way up through um, legendary films, you know, where mm -hmm. it was, again, using the severed head of, of Ghidorah that was powering it and controlling it. it that's really the, the only other antagonist that can really give Godzilla a run for his money. And I know in, in most of the incarnations... It is a, uh, a robot, but in Legendary, it is linked to that severed head. And also uh, in, one, in two films, it is Kiryu, which is built from the original, around and from the original bones of the original Godzilla of 1954. So you can argue that even though, all right, well, it's a robot, so it shouldn't count. There is a version of it that is a kaiju at its core that does at times take over and does become a threat to humanity, even though it's supposed to be the savior. That is fascinating information. And it's kind of like, on the one hand, we have crustaceans with Destroya and we have tuna in a can with uh, Mechagodzilla, right? So uh, Bob, where are you on this one? Yeah, what Zach had said about um, Kiryu with regards to Mechagodzilla being built on the bones of Godzilla, that was something I was going to bring up and share as well um, as a reason as to why I think this is a much cooler um, cooler version or cooler um, kaiju than, than the other, um, because I think it's just a lot of, I think that's a really cool story. I think that's a really cool origin. That's a really cool way to to create this mecha godzilla and when it comes to mecha godzilla he's got all these cool he's got all these cool weapons and he can shoot missiles this and lasers that and it's just he, there's just so much that he can do um and he's just a lot of fun and it's 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 robot godzilla so what's not cool about that uh i'm gonna admit something here folks when i was filling out the bracket i thought this was mecha streisand from south park and not mecha godzilla 
Um, but that being said, I don't regret my decision. Uh, so I am going to continue to vote for Mecha Godzilla, who I believe is a uh, primarily because of the threat level, right? Like Mecha Godzilla can put the beat down um, and offer something a little bit different. I don't know if we have anything else. I mean, Jet Jaguar is out. I don't know if we have any other robots on the list. I guess we'll find out. But um, great job, Zach. So I think we will be moving Mecha Godzilla forward. And uh, in his victory, we will hear him. Yeah, that's loud. Uh, Producer Curtis is now deaf. Um, Next, the panel is evenly split between two kaiju arch enemies, Gamera and Iris. Bob, explain why Gamera has the turtle power to advance to round two. I will explain why the eyes have it when it comes to Iris. Bob, do you want me to go first here? Please do. Okay. So... um, I will just first talk a little bit about my rubric with these decisions. A lot of it is based on design. I I very much put a lot of my thing on design. I look at threat level and then I like to find silly things about them because it makes them both um, cool visually and threatening, but also kind of charming. That's what I like. My, I like my kaijus cool and charming. So Iris is one of the newer kaiju on this list, having first appeared in 1999. Fun fact, Iris is actually so recent that its look was inspired by a 1995 Magic the Gathering card, which I personally think is very cool. Um, let's talk about that look, because it's one of the things that I like most about Iris. Iris is all angles and tendrils. It has no mouth, which is fairly rare for a kaiju, and instead of screaming it emanates more oohs and ahs which means that iris would be a great backup singer in any girl group iris's front has light up pecs and abs because iris wants you to know that it has been at the gym and it is putting in the work those tentacles make iris an incredible long distance threat as they stretch nearly two kilometers long this kitten's got a whip and it also has laser scalpels that fire from its tentacles and can replicate the attacks of its energies which is pretty badass Iris's origins are contested. She's a mystery wrapped in an enigma and covered in death. And lastly, based on name alone, Iris could either be a very pretty and delicate flower or a 60-something Midwestern housewife. And I love that for her. So that's my argument for Iris. Bob, you can take it. Um, not many people will get this, but Iris, we need more bars. We need more bars. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. Uh, so for me, it's Gamera, and that's who I'm going to, to talk to you about right now. Um, Gamera is, is I'm going to show my hand, Gamera is my kaiju. He is the, the kaiju that I, I grew up watching and love to this day. Um, I will this I don't know if this will be a controversial or hot take at all. I think that the, the 90s Heisei um, era of these films, the 90, 95 through 99, the three, three films of Iris Legion and um, the Gauss film, are probably three of the best kaiju films ever committed to film, um, taking special effects as well as the practical effects of the man in a suit type of approach um, is flawless. And they're, they're darker in tone. They're, they're just, they're just really very good movies um, just in their own right. Um, they do a lot more with character in that. And um, as opposed to just people screaming, it's they actually have characters with motivations and reasons behind why they're doing what they're doing. So I know there are some of that in some of the other films too, but this just does it to such a great level. Um, Gamera came, came about in 1965. I should probably mention for those of you who may not know, he is a turtle, um, a giant turtle tortoise monster. Um, he 
I mean, let's call it is call it what it is. At the time, he was created as a cash grab, as an alternative to Godzilla, um, by a by the um, Daiei Studios, a, a, another rival studio. Um, but he quickly gained his own popularity because he is known as the guardian of the universe. At first, he was a kaiju killing and you know rampaging, but really, he really started to identify himself as more of a guardian of Earth and a guardian of the universe. Um, he grew into that protector that he is today. Um, Gamera is really a more sympathetic uh, monster than most others, but he has been very much connected with children throughout all of his history. Godzilla has some of that connection as well in some of the films, but he is truly, I will say this, Gamera is for the children, much like <laughs> Wu-Tang. So um, his, he's got great abilities, more so than some others. Um, fight, spin, shell, fireball, plasma beams. He's a versatile fighter. Um, he does that cool spin as his turtle shell spins and he flies. Um, he's just really cool. He's a great... Um, He's a great um, opposite to Godzilla, just an answer to Godzilla. You know, he is probably, in my opinion, probably the second most identifiable kaiju outside of the the Godzilla um, franchises. And I do like Iris quite a bit. I mean, ultimately, it was a movie in which he battled Iris and Iris killed him. And and Godzilla blew his own, or excuse me, Godzilla, Gamera blew his own arm off to, in order to defeat Iris. He just took his plasma beam and just severed his own arm off just so he could attack um, and take care of it. And that's pretty fucking cool. That's badass. Um, and I think Iris is really cool to look at. Um, at the end of the day, I just don't think that Iris gets the job done or Iris, if Iris, however they pronounce it in the films. Um, he just can't, he can only get the job partially done, uh, <laughs> which sometimes I can only do that too. But um, Gamera uses, um, you know, it, you know, I just think that Gamera is a more um, well-known and, and prominent figure to to really go out against one of its own foes here. So that is where I am with um, Gamera. I mean, that is the truth. Let's just put that out there. Like He's definitely the more well-known of the two. Eric, I'm interested for your take here. Where are you, Gamera versus Iris? Um, I voted for Iris. My personal nostalgia is much more for the Godzilla films than the Gamera films. So Gamera just doesn't really hold as much like immediate sway in my mind although i will agree with bob those 90s movies are good i watched my way through that trilogy preparing for this the main thing about iris that stuck out for me in the movie was that she has like this relationship with like this young girl who finds her egg and is like trying to like raise it and it's just this weird little relationship of like this girl trying to raise the monster that she obviously can't control. And I just thought it was neat. Yeah, I don't have like a strong argument beyond that. I just think she's cool. No, I, I get it. And uh, I think you could make the argument that uh, Godzilla is Transformers as Gamera is to GoBots. Um, and that, that, yeah. But uh, Zach, where are you? This was tough as well, because I, I agree with Bob. Those three movies were incredible. I hadn't seen many of the original Gamera movies. I grew up on mostly Godzilla, but I remember learning about these three in college and went and watched them and went, wow, they they made some top-notch kaiju films, not the hokey-tokey 70s and 80s that I grew up on, which was fun when I was a kid. I, and nostalgia, like you said, is a powerful drug. I liked the the creation and idea behind Iris. Um, 
I, I did like the originality of it. I did like how you had a connection between the child and Iris, but I did swing more towards Gamera with more familiarity with the character, um, how how he has grown, how he is the defender and guardian of, of Earth and life. And as you said, uh, Eric is connected to all children, uh, not just just one is connected to the Earth and the life force. So for me, I still stick with with Gamera, um, although Iris is a in, incredible foe to face Gamera. And almost beat Gamera as well until Gamera said, no, you can take my hand and I'll just I'll just take the girl out of you with my flame fist. Um, that was a badass moment. It is a badass moment. So I believe we're currently deadlocked and I think it would be Eric's choice. Eric, do you want evil to win here and for Iris to go forward over Gamera? Yeah, I'll go ahead and declare the upset. It's Iris for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's it everybody if you're a if you're a if you're a listener of this podcast i'm invoking the amy pilot rule i am walking off of this podcast right now my brisket is busted we are done <laughs> who invited him who invited him eric i'm totally just kidding welcome kidding. to the podcast exactly you're entitled to that wrong opinion <laughs> that's by 100 percent. so in a stunning upset evil wins because good is dumb uh, and we will be advancing Iris into round two. Farewell, Gamera. That Gamera is for the children. <laughs> and the children bring about evil, according to Iris. So I feel like this is all really the circle of life consumes us all. Next, the majority of the panel is giddy for Gigan, but Eric prefers OG Godzilla, enemy turned ally, Anguirius. I'm sure I'm completely butchering these names. I'm looking forward to you uh, telling me what I'm doing wrong. Zach, explain why resisting the cyborg Gigan is futile. Eric, walk the dinosaur and try to pick up some votes for Anguirus. I'm going to have Eric go first so this one i don't feel especially strong about um you know i know uh i know gigan's popular it was just kind of the these are kind of close sort of thing for me but with angrius i also am not sure how that bundle of vowels is supposed to sound but i like the sort of dinosaur look that sort of like ankylosaur like spiky type of look i like that as opposed to a bunch of the other ones that are bipedal he's what's the word quadruped just like stumbling around on all fours and um i think you said um he is like the original godzilla opponent like the first giant monster that he fought and I just think he's kind of cute in the uh, Goji Bon little like puppet cartoons that they have like on the Godzilla YouTube channel. They have like a bunch of cute little things of like him being friends with Godzilla and all the Godzilla juniors. It's just kind of cute. I like him. All right. And uh, Zach, talk to us about is it Gigan, Gigan? I've always said Gigan, but. Okay. I'm also here in America, so I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, I can't wait for this episode to come out for everybody to just read us for filth over <laughs> the pronunciation of I'm these excited. names. These yeah. so-called kaiju experts. They can't even exactly. say names. Um, <laughs> first of all, I, I love me some space chicken. 
I love me some space chicken. Gigan is a unique looking MFR. Just it's a flying chicken with hooks for hands and a buzzsaw in its chest. Uh, and it's got an I beam, depending on the version that you that you watch. It may have saw blades as hands, it may have harpoons coming out of them. It's it's a bit of a cyborg that is always related to uh aliens in some capacity. And it, even though Gigan has not shown up nearly as many times as Ghidorah or, or Mechagodzilla, it is another opponent that has given Godzilla a run for his money. I believe it was the first, um, the first monster to actually make Godzilla bleed on, uh, on camera um, with, with its buzzsaw and its hooks. Uh, and whenever it shows up outside of Final Wars, which was a fun movie, of just Godzilla kicking everybody's ass. Uh, Gigan, when when it shows up, Godzilla again is going to be in a fight and he's going to get hurt. Excellent. Uh, Bob, where are you on this one? Eric, I'm over here questioning my life choices and just <laughs> wondering if it's even worth making a decision in this pairing. <laughs> I am flames on the side of my face i'm just kidding we'll get over it um i'm going with gigan okay um i actually really enjoyed learning about anguarius i didn't know that much about him frankly until i started doing this and i believe was he the like he's the first ever villain for godzilla right yeah he's in like the first movie after like the original solo movie he's the first monster godzilla ever fights yeah and like godzilla kills him and then he comes back but he's like his little buddy and i love that right it's like if um kimmy gibbler was murdered on full house and then came back as like a friendly zombie and i think that's great um but i think gigan uh space chicken finger licking good that's what i have to say about that so (laughs) um I, I think I am going to go ahead and push Gigan forward, and I really I'm so excited for people to listen to this episode and be like, "You like <laughs> you ignorant <laughs> sluts, <laughs> completely butchering the names." I'm excited. I'm excited. Next, it's a battle between two of Godzilla's most notable allies slash sparring partners, Mothra and Rodan. Bob, make like Mothra and eat away at my argument. I will explain why a true thinker would vote for Rodan. I will go first because I'm pretty sure I'm outnumbered here and I'm okay with that. Um, I will just say that I've always loved pterodactyls. They were my favorite dinosaurs growing up. And Rodan is essentially a giant superpowered pterodactyl slash pteranodon. And yes, I know those are different things, but let me have this. Rodan was initially created for its own movie, Rodan, which starred a couple of evil Rodan monsters just trying to survive. After that, Rodan came back in the Godzilla films and quickly became one of the more populars of the Godzilla cast of monsters. Rodan has appeared in every iteration of the Godzilla franchise since the 1960s. Now, it's notable that in the 60s-70s films, his appearance transforms from the scarier, sharper features to more goofy, googly-eyed versions that basically telegraph that Rodan is probably the derpiest of Godzilla and Friends minus Godzilla Jr. Rodan has some somewhat unique skill sets. He can breathe fire, but he also has a massive wingspan that creates thunderclaps that level cities. And um, that's what I've got. I just like him. I've always liked pterodactyls, but he's up against Mothra, and Mothra is pretty special. So I believe, uh, Bob, you're talking about Mothra? 
I am talking about Mothra. And Mothra says, keep those mothballs away from my face. <laughs> but um, Mothra also was in, in, in their own movie as well, similar to Rodan, um, originally from, from their own film. Mothra, for me, is one of the, well, both of these, I guess we should probably say, are pretty identifiable in the general pop culture milieu. Um, in the zeitgeist, all, everything out there, I think, are pretty identifiable as Godzilla villains or Godzilla monsters, whatever you want to um, qualify them as. Um, But Mothra to me is similar to the argument I made about Jet Jaguar is really unlike anything else on this film or on this film, on this bracket. Um, With regards to them, they are this beautiful um, moth, right? With beautiful colors. Well, beautiful to me, I should say not, maybe not everybody thinks so, Um, but very unique and very interesting looking from a character design um, perspective, just very visually striking, um, really unlike any other kaiju that we're talking about here right now, singular and very unique. Um, they have a number of abilities, um, powerful wings that will generate these strong gusts of wind. Um, they release silk threads and create protective cocoons. Um, Mothra is very motherly um, in general as, as a character. Um, so I think that has it going um, for it often is, as as many are, but more so is often portrayed really as a guardian, as a deity in, in certain iterations, has a lovely pair of twins that sing <laughs> um, as their, um, you know, I guess I don't I don't even know what to qualify them as, but they're they're the just they're, they're the Juds. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, they're associated with themes of hope and protection, just really connection with the natural world. Um, there's just a depth in mythology to Mothra that I don't think that Rodan really has to the same level. Rodan's a great kind of, you know, creature, great, great at, you know, in battles and things like that. But Mothra really has a, whole, a lot more going for them um, in this pair up. So I'm going to be um, that's where I am with Mothra. All right, Zach, where are you on this one? Um, so first of all, you reminded me, my sister got me a tiny little Rodan uh, that sits on my desk and I had to go get it from the other side. And I went, Oh, that's right. We're talking about Rodan. Um, I remember the original Rodan movie and Rodan has shown up as Godzilla's ally, similar, similar to Anguirus here and there. Uh, but Bob, I agree with you with Mothra, a bit more versatile has her own set of movies where she also fought in and beat uh, different versions of Ghidorah. Um, She is more recognizable in my opinion between the two Kaiju is more unique. So I, I sway more towards Mothra in that sense, even though I didn't always understand, understand how a giant moth could meet, could beat a, you know, fire breathing dragon. Uh, but she did it. She did it a couple times. Like all good mothers, she she has something up her sleeve. Yeah. Sister uh, was doing it for herself. She was. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric, where are you on this one? This is a painful one because I love Rodan. And I encourage mm-hmm. anyone who's never watched the original film to watch it because it's excellent. However, Mafra is the pepperoni argument. She's not going <laughs> to not pass round one. It's Mafra all day, every day, but I love Rodan. 
I am so pleased that you took the pepperoni argument. Excellent work. Well done, sir. Um, I will also, I'll just put this out there. As I was doing prep for this episode, I'm watching YouTube videos of Rodan. And my partner's like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, it's Rodan. He's like, I don't know her. <laughs> I was very Mariah Carey towards J- Jennifer Lopez energy. Whereas like Mothra, he knows, but he didn't know Rodan. So I think Mothra has to take it here. I think it's correct. And, you know, uh, in, in honor of Mothra's victory, let's hear her. Voice of an angel, that one. Finally, in round one, the majority of the panel is going ape over the other kaiju pillar, King Kong, but Eric is ordering the vegan option and prefers Biolante. Bob, explain why we need to keep our hands on that damn dirty ape, Kong. Eric, explain why a rose by any other name wouldn't be as terrifying as Biolante. And I'm going to have Eric go first. So with Biolante... You get not just a different type of animal, but like a different type of what kingdom? It's a plant, you know, it's a plant. And that's different from the rest of the bracket. It also has that weird sort of hybrid shit going on where it's like part plant, part Godzilla. What's going on? It's really weird and kind of a mess, but I just like it. And I mostly was voting against King Kong because King Kong is too scary for me, which is maybe why I should be voting for it. But I can't because that gorilla freaks me the fuck out. So I'm voting for Biolante. I am fascinated to get more into this, that like Godzilla is fine, but King Kong is scarier. And I suspect we will be getting to that in round two. But first, let's hear Bob's argument for King Kong. So... Surprise, everyone. Maybe should have talked about this before we started this podcast. But I'm actually not leaning so much towards King Kong anymore. So I might need somebody else to take the argument. But I was doing some research for this. And Biolante is really cool from an origin story. Um, born from the cells of Godzilla, arose, as well as the spliced cells of the dead daughter of the doctor who created him. It's just a really cool story behind that one. That's I how they talk- Kale, though, Bob. It's exactly. not actually that special. Here's the thing with King Kong. He is a classic, right? He is absolutely one of the things that you think about when you think of big monster movies, the classics. He comes back again and again. His films continue to... um you know, continue to come out. He's in the newest versions of the monster verse with, with Godzilla, Godzilla versus Kong, Skull Island, all of the different movies. He, he just comes back and again and again, just as Godzilla does. I don't know as Obi-Elante has the same, you know, cultural cachet as somebody like King Kong. So I, I think, yeah, exactly. So, you know, from a total picture of, who, which do I think is just the cooler monster? I, I do kind of think the Biolante is the cooler monster with the cooler story, but I, I don't see that putting them above King Kong in this scenario, knowing how iconic, how important to just these franchises in general, King Kong is really identifying um, that in some way. I think that He's a little different from some other kaiju because he just is a giant gorilla. He's not, quote unquote, a strange beast in and of himself. He's just a large gorilla. Um, There's nothing kind of 
aside from that, there's nothing unique or different about him, but just being able to be a representative of these films in general and just being the icon that he is, that's where I am putting him ahead of Biolante. But it was touch or go there for a few minutes as I was preparing for this, just learning so much about Biolante because I'd never seen this film. I believe it has only ever been in one film. Is that is that right, Eric? Um, yeah, it's like I think one Zach film, is yeah. and it's like super hard to find. Like it's not available yeah. to stream anywhere. Blu-rays run for like a hundred dollars. It's like not accessible. Mm. And it's a newer of the kind. Sorry, go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, I should see what my VHS is worth. I, I have most of these on VHS back in the 90s. So do I. I. Them all. Yeah, I have bootlegs of the Gamera films, but we don't talk about Gamera in this podcast anymore. So. <laughs> I love the salts. Uh, Bialante would taste great with a little bit of salt sauteed with some butter. Zach, where are you on this one? So I, I still lean more towards King Kong because... Just a f- uh, familiarity with it, how many films there have been, uh, a lot of different versions of King Kong. Bailante, in her own movie, was not in it very much. And as interesting as an origin as it is for her creation and what she is made of, um, and she is mentioned again in, in the Space Godzilla film because she's kind of related there, uh, there's not enough of her for me, for me to to vote for her. If she showed up in maybe another film and was able to play a bigger part, I would probably have gone for her because I do find her an interesting character and I wanted more. I just never got more. So unfortunately that's why I stuck with King Kong. Yeah. I also doing the research, I was like, that's cool. A plant-based creature. That's also kind of, you know, part of a dead, it's actually sounds like a final fantasy seven character, to be honest with you. Um, But it's up against King Kong and King Kong is like, like it's legendary pictures that do the film. King Kong is literally legendary. Like there is no one else in this bracket that comes close to the history, not even Godzilla that comes close to the history of King Kong. And so for me, it has to be Kong here, even though Biolante is super cool. So I have Zach and I are firmly on Kong. Eric's Biolante. Uh, Bob, are you sticking with Kong or are you switching your vote? I'll stick with Kong. Okay. So that's three for Kong. It will be moving on to round two. That is the end of round one. We're going to take a quick break during which one of our panelists will take on a terrifying new form. We will be right back. Hey, squirrel friends, Curtis here from the Great Pop Culture Debate. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. But did you know, much like RuPaul's Drag Race, if you're not a Patreon supporter, honey, you're only getting half the story. Our patrons at the $5 level gain access to exclusive content for each episode, where the debaters go from the top 32 competitors down to the sweet 16. It's like a whole bonus episode for each topic. So if you love our content and want more of it, head to patreon.com backslash great pop culture debate and become a Patreon supporter today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. 
To participate, simply fill up an Orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back for round two of our best kaiju debate. Before we get to the Elite Eight, I want our panelists to share their social media, talk about their other projects, and also share their first exposure to the kaiju genre. Bob, uh, you go first. Okay, you can find me at Bob at all of the things, Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon. Um, probably if you search for me using that handle, you'll probably find me. Um, I'm not all that interesting, but go ahead and find me and we'll talk. Um, just be nice. But anyway, um, for me, the exposure to um, kaiju and just the genre in general is from Gamera. Um, but really, how I became very interested in it was through Mystery Science Theater 3000, because they used to watch all of the Gamera films. And, I, and it, you know, yes, they are picking on them in those, but there's also a reverence for them a little bit as well, appreciating them for what they are, but really just you know, blasting them and just picking on them, making fun of them to the nth degree. And that's how I became familiar with Gamera in the first place. And that that in turn led me to seek out Gamera in other places and, and really start to appreciate that Godzilla films and other um, kaiju films and, and kaiju of, of the like and things like that. So that's really how I got into the genre. And I was probably uh, probably 10, 11, 12 when that was happening. Um, so it was a long time ago because I'm old AF. Um, as we talked about, I'm ancient and pissed and my personality is radioactive it's so true there we have it's it. true eric uh please tell us your socials please tell us what other projects you're working on and also how you became uh, acquainted with kaiju so i don't have a definite like first memory that i know was for sure for sure like the first movie but my dad loved godzilla so it was just from my dad exposing me to godzilla growing up in terms of socials i'm on twitter until that burns down completely at Zorak Richardson. That's Zorak as in the mantis that's always pissing off Space Ghost and then Richardson. And I have a podcast, uh, Chris and Eric's Longbox Adventure. It's just me and my co-host Chris talking about comic books, being nerds, as if it wasn't already we clear. we love all of those things. No, we love that. And... um huge space ghost fan here uh space ghost coast to coast especially i just read that they're removing it from hbo uh max which i'm very bummed about because that's a loss Mm. but thank you so much and again thank you for sponsoring this episode very much uh zach please share your socials your uh, other projects and your first encounter with a kaiju so you can follow me uh primarily just through twitter at zach deuce uh there i update people with the different projects and podcasts that i'm a part of the main one that we're focusing on now with podcasters assemble it is a i love the 80s or 90s style uh, episodes and we work our way through a franchise 
guys talking about uh, the movies that we love or hate. Uh, we've done Star Wars. We've done Mortal Kombat. We have done Godzilla King Kong before, and we are currently going through Indiana Jones counting down to the Dial of Destiny. So you can check that out through probablywork.com under Podcasters Assemble, where all lovely podcasters can submit their own audio if they are so inclined to talk about Indiana Jones. And the great pop culture debate will actually be doing that. I'm so look for our thoughts. Very excited to hear it. Uh, we will be defending um, the Crystal Skull uh, because nobody else will. So I will gladly be defending <laughs> the Crystal Skull. But I'm anyway, gonna, I, I, I think it. I'll watch it. I mean, I will defend parts of it and then I'll probably just shit on it because that's part of the fun. Um, Absolutely. My first exposure that I can remember to the kaiju world was Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, and it was me in the VHS rental store in a town over from where I was because our rental store apparently sucked, and this rental store next door, uh, next town had a bigger selection, and I just remember seeing these three or four monsters on the cover fighting this giant three-headed monster going, wow, I think I think that's Godzilla, and I had... A Godzilla toy and I had knowledge of Godzilla but I had never seen the movie and lo and behold it was Godzilla even though it didn't say this version was Godzilla and that was really my my first exposure that I can remember watching a kaiju film and uh, from there I found out that my mother was a big Godzilla fan as well so my entire childhood is me watching all these movies with my mother because my dad didn't care about them. Uh, but I had, I had a lot of bonding with my mom over Kaiju. I love that. Godzilla is bringing families together. <laughs> yep. You know what? I, yeah. Zach, what's a V? Oh, please. Oh, please, Mary. It's, it's, a former, <laughs> it's a former way that we used to watch the TV, kids. Uh, and exactly. if, if you know the phrase, be kind, oh. please rewind. You're old as fuck. That's right. You should probably be getting your colonoscopy yeah. booked right now. Uh, so thank you, Zach. Thank you. <laughs> and we are delighted to have you back on the podcast. Uh, come back anytime. Uh, so for me, you can find me at Eric Resniak. That's E-R-I-C-R-E-Z-S-N-Y-A-K on Twitter and Instagram. Or just message the at Great Pop Culture Debate account on Instagram or at GPCD on Mastodon. We are trying to shift over there as our primary social uh, platform. But honestly, it's it's hard to quit the others. Um, now, for me, I distinctly remember watching Godzilla films as a kid. I loved the ones where all the monsters would team up to fight another monster. I always thought that was really cool. And then I don't know if this really counts as kaiju, and I'd be curious for people's thoughts on it, but I loved Voltron in the 80s. And to me, I kind of consider that to be like a gateway drug to kaiju because you had the giant robeasts and the like um, robot lions training into the giant robot with the sword. Um, so that was the other kind of way. That was certainly my, my gateway into anime, which I think those two things have a lot of uh, overlaps. So with that being said, let's move into round two when the enemy kaiju attacks are even more devastating. First up, it's Godzilla versus Hydra. And I've been informed during our break that it's not Hedorah, it's not Hydra, it's Hydra. So we're going to go around the horn here. I'm going to start with Bob. Where are you on this one? I'm with Godzilla. Okay. Eric? Easily the hardest one so far it's like with godzilla 
It's the ultimate pepperoni argument of its fucking Godzilla. But I love Hydra, and it's kind of like, do I go with the one who is the legendary icon, is like the face of the genre, but the thing about that is, is because he's been around so long, there are a couple bad Godzilla movies versus Hydra's just got the one and it's so fierce and I rewatched it last night and I love it, you know? It's like, do I go off the one and done or with like the icon? And I know he's not going to win, but I'm going to vote for Hydra because I just love Hydra and I'll just rep him before he gets utterly destroyed in this vote. I love that bravery, and I love you standing up for what you really believe in. Zach, where are you on this? I love the defense. Godzilla has had some bad movies. Hedera has only had the one. (laughs) Because that movie does not hold up to my childhood when I rewatch it. It's, it's, I, I wonder why did I like this? And it is a fun, it is a fun movie, but oh, it's, it's definitely one of the bad ones. Uh, I still go with Godzilla. I would have liked to see more, uh, Hedera, especially, I think he was in Final Wars for like a brief second where he got taken out by Godzilla and when he threw, uh, Ibra into him. I think that's, that was his cameo in the, in the film, but I'm sticking with Godzilla. He's, He's been a a hero. He's been an enemy. He can fill all facets, whatever we need him to be. Godzilla is whatever you need him to be. I love that. He's the room of requirement of Kaiju. Bob, you have something to say? Would our votes change if this was against Godzilla 98? Well, let's... (laughs) I'm not, I don't know her. Um, I, I don't recognize that. Um, you know, I'm sure we will talk about Godzilla 98 in the next rounds. But um, Eric, your argument kind of made me say, okay, in drag, drag race parlance, and I'm sorry, Zach, I'll just apologize to you right now. But this would be like, do you vote for RuPaul? Who has had, who's like the classic, the icon, who's had some lousy seasons versus Brooklyn Heights, who's only had a few seasons, but they've been pretty good. So I've, I still go with the RuPaul, and Godzilla is the RuPaul of Kaiju. Um, <laughs> all legs, all dairy, <laughs> all legendary. Um, all right, so that's three for Godzilla, one for Hydra. Next up, it's Ghidorah versus Mechagodzilla. I'm going to start backwards. Zach, where are you on this one? Uh, uh, this is really tough. Um both of them, like I, I stated before, can give Godzilla a run uh, for for his money. And I had Mecha Godzilla continuing on, and I think the the only reason was because uh, Ghidra has not been able to finish the job. Came close multiple times, but usually another monster or the humans intervene could not kill Godzilla, whereas Mecha Godzilla did in the 90s version. Um, and then Godzilla was resurrected and brought back by Rodan. Uh, but for me, I, sw- I, I strayed more towards Mecha Godzilla. But I won't be sad if Mecha Godzilla loses to Ghidorah because that, in my opinion, is an okay kaiju to lose to. Sure. Yeah. Eric, where are you on this one? Um, Ghidorah, like. It's just the really cool free-headed blah. It's just the free-headed dragon, you know. She looks fierce. She's cool. Um 
Mecha Godzilla, like I would absolutely count as like a kaiju more than I would like Jet Jaguar. But my personal preferences, I think I lean more towards ones that are like that looks sort of like a natural life form as opposed to cybernetic sort of thing. So the dragon of it all just wins out for me. Okay. Uh, Bob, where are you on this one? Gosh, really? This is probably my hardest pairing because I think that both of these are really equally cool characters, equally cool kaiju, where I think I might, and I think maybe I'm lining with aligning with Eric with regards to this thought process is where I'm going to be leaning towards with Ghidorah is, is I think character design first and foremost, the three headed dragon is phenomenal. It is in, so fun to look at both of these pop up time and time again in movies together separately, but they are consistent foes or consistent partners throughout these films. God, it it would be cool to have a Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla in the next round. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I think Ghidorah is cooler. Ghidorah is truly the kaiju. Um, you know, Mecha Godzilla is is created. Um, you know, and is not you know a natural form of kaiju. Um, so I think for those reasons, I'm going to. It's just really tough for me because I love them both so much. Um, but I think Ghidorah, Ghidorah, you know, drag me, folks, for pronouncing this wrong. But, um, you know, we I think I'm going to be going with um, Ghidorah. I've said it like three different ways. Just <laughs> Well, three different heads, three different pronunciations. You know, uh, I think that that's fitting. It's fitting. I um, dated a guy with wait, hold, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I'm going with Ghidorah here um, because how's your head? Uh, he has three different answers, you know, um, but all of them are no complaints. So um, I, I think that is my answer. I think that Ghidorah is just uh, badass. That design is really cool. I agree that like Mecha Godzilla is like the Ferrer Rocher of of Godzilla villains, where he's got the the, the gooey insides and you know the the crispy outsides. But I, I have to give it to Ghidorah here. I think he's a cooler design, which gives us a hell of a final four matchup next round next it's iris iris eerie i don't know versus gigan uh, i'm gonna start in the middle of the lineup with eric where are you on this one so i'm voting for iris i'll die in this unpopular hill just you know feelings are tied to the movies themselves and just how poignant her storyline was with the child that found her and their weird, like, unhealthy symbiosis was just really interesting. Whereas with Gigan, Gigan, I never felt like any of the plots were particularly interesting. Like, I didn't really feel like I knew it as, like, a character. Particularly unique, like, thematically or motivation-wise. Like, I just kind of look at it and I go, what the hell is that? So I'm voting for Eris. Okay, uh, Zach, where are you on this one? Oh boy, this this is tough because um, you know I didn't have Iris going against Gigan, um, and I I love me some space. Neither Jam. did I. So <laughs> poor Bob, <laughs> poor Bob. I feel bad. Um, they're both interesting. Uh, I think Iris does have the better storyline compared to Gigan. 
Gigan has appeared uh, a few more times uh, over a few different movies with Godzilla. Um, I think I will actually go with Iris for this one, just based upon wanting more from Gigan. If if I had more of a storyline based around Gigan, other than just well, the aliens have created a cyborg and sent it against Earth, I think I would stick with Gigan, but. I agree with with Eric in his approach to Iris that she is a more interesting character. All right, Bob, this is tough, not only because Gamera's not in here, but the creature that killed Gamera is now up for your decision. What are you going to do? Well, let's be clear that Iris didn't kill Gamera. Can we be okay. very clear about that? Let's be Thank clear you. About that. <laughs> so, um I'm actually going to be um, voting for Iris Iris um, in this matchup. It does come down to character desi- design in this in this for me. I, I, I didn't really go in depth in the previous round because I was fighting for Gamera um, to my death um, in the previous round. But Iris is so incredibly cool to look at, look at. Just this tall. Uh, I don't even know it. I don't even know how to explain like what it would look like in general. But it's got this really cool breastplate with glowing panels on it. The tentacles, very Doc Ock style um, of just you know all over the place just flailing in the wind can go to great distances can can go over vast space and not just you know not not just where he is standing he can attack in in various areas various areas around them um it's just very cool there is a theory behind the origin that it is an evolution of gauss um from the previous films in that third film gauss is very um very present in that as well they are springing up all around um, the world. Um, so it, it, it is theorized that it is a, a, um, an evolution of Gauss in those, in that film. So I think that's a pretty cool story. And I just love that it's not just a monster that is there to try to defeat Gamera. It is a young girl who creates this bond with the character who hates Gamera for killing her, what she perceived to be Gamera killing her family in, in a previous film. Um, I believe it was from the Gauss film, I don't think it was from the Legion film, but um, in which her family was in a home and it collapsed on them and and they died. And so she blamed Gamera all of this time until she realizes in the end that Gamera is for the children. But, you know, Gamera's not here for me to vote for right now. So I'm going to vote for Iris. I am getting my daily recommended value of sodium from you in this episode, <laughs> and I'm grateful for that. So thanks for the electrolytes. Um, I give it to Iris. So that's a clean sweep. Um, we were talking about how you describe the look of Iris. Another kind of comic book inspiration that I, I keep resonating with this is Onslaught from the Marvel Universe. There's elements of it look, that looks like Onslaught to me, which would have been slightly after that happened in the comics. I just think it's a cool look. And, uh, you know, Gigan's got a really great 1960s sci-fi type of vibe to it. There's something about it that's it's camp, but in a way that I find very charming. Um, but uh, Iris is the cooler option, I think. So I'm going to give it to that. And that way you still have some Gamma representation in the final four, even if it's not actual Gamma, who is, he's gone. He's afterlife kids. Let's um, move on. Thank you. <laughs> finally, it's Mothra versus King Kong. This is a tough one. I'm going to start with Bob. Where are you on this? I have to give this one to Mothra. I do think King Kong is obviously very iconic, very integral and important to the genre, to the movies in cinema, just 
in general in 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 the world um it's it kind of transcends just the just being a monster film because it is so popular in the mainstream as well um but i have to give it to mothra from the perspective of it is it is a true um part of just this kaiju um you know genre um i think it it fits more with the strange beast kaiju definition so to speak it is again mothra is incredibly um visually stunning to look at a protector a you know in numerous movies the godzilla the mothra films like it outnumbers several other of these creatures including rodan from the number of films that they are in um it still comes back in the current films in the the monsterverse films etc along with kong being there also um but in my mind and maybe maybe this is an unpopular thought or unpopular opinion like king kong does doesn't stick out to me as kaiju as part of this this kaiju universe as well as some of these other monsters that you truly identify in these you know from the different eras of of kaiju films it just i'm trying to think of the best way i'm trying to describe that it. it just doesn't really i he, king kong doesn't really fit in in the same way as some of these other creatures um and i think that's that may or may not make sense to you the listener to you the panel but that's really where my mind is is, is king kong just doesn't fit for me i think what you're trying to say as the black eyed peas would put it everything else is so 2008 and king kong is so 2000 late right maybe that could yeah. be yeah um eric where are you on this it's mafra it's still the pepperoni argument which i realize sounds crazy because king kong is so famous obviously but here's the thing i don't like primates i don't like apes it's fucking freaky it is in fact a scary ass kaiju he freaks me out but Mafra is Mafra. The thing about Mafra that some of the other creatures on the bracket don't have is Mafra doesn't just bring herself. She brings an entire supporting cast and lore. Like, there's always those two inexplicably teeny little women always just hanging out, singing. You get a musical number and a movie with Mafra in it. There's always that going on. There's just the weirdness with the island. There's the constant resurrection. She has a cute little larval form. There's just so much to love. It's Mothra. It's Mothra. Zach, where are you? I agree. It's Mothra. She's just more versatile. She's a more interesting character. King Kong's been around. He's one of the original, but uh, my vote is for Mothra. I can't really touch on anything else that you guys have already not touched on. Um, I think the argument that ultimately swayed me was actually the one that Bob made while defending King Kong in round one, which is that King Kong doesn't actually mean – there's not strange beast to King Kong, right? He's just a very large version of an actual animal, and none of the rest of these are. They all have some type of supernatural ability or something that's just like, okay, this is wild that this creature can do that. And King Kong is just a really big monkey, and I can see how that's terrifying for people. Um, and I do enjoy watching him in Godzilla beat the crap out of each other on the big screen that's very satisfying but in terms of what's more interesting and more special 
I do think it goes to Mothra here. So um, even though I don't think this is what my bracket had, I am going to move Mothra forward into the final four. With that, we have our final four. We're going to take a quick break to check in on the tiny monster summoning fairies that we've been keeping inside this airtight container. And oh, uh, oh, we'll, we'll be right back after these messages. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back with the final four of our best kaiju debate. At this point in the show, I always like to take a step back and see if the final four matches up with what I figured. I don't think it does. I think Iris being there is a surprise to many people uh, as I look directly at Bob and his glare of death. Um, but that being said, I think these are great. Iris does give us some gamma representation. Mothra and Godzilla are classics that I think deserve to be there. And Ghidorah is a great lethal threat, right? Like these are really good to use a term, titans, that make sense. And so I think it's it's a great grouping. Uh, Eric, as our sponsor, are you pleased with that final four? Oh, yeah. I am so proud Wait, of myself. You're not your money back. <laughs> I am so proud of getting Iris in the final four. You have no idea. <laughs> good, good. So that being said, let's jump into these. It's Godzilla versus Ghidorah. I'm going to start with Eric. Where are you on this one? It's Godzilla. Like, Ghidorah, we've all said, the design is great, but so is Godzilla. And he's just the one, you know, he is the head bitch of this genre. You know, like, every aspect of it, the design, iconic, the several designs, because the thing about being the number one is just all the reinvention and like Madonna, being beloved in every single version that he ever delivers. And just thematically, you know, like that original Godzilla movie and just the atomic bomb inspiration. There's a reason he struck a chord and continues to strike a chord. God knows how many years it's been since. So it's Godzilla for me. Do we think that the 1990s Godzilla film is the Evita of the Godzilla universe? Is that what we're saying here? <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Zach, where are you on this? Uh, I'm I'm going with Godzilla. Uh, Ghidorah is a, is a strong counter to Godzilla, um, but there's a reason why Godzilla is king of the monsters. King of the monsters. Bob, where are you on this one? Yeah, I'm going to be going with Godzilla as well. I think Eric just struck on something really important, too, with Godzilla is really there's a reason behind him. There's a purpose for him. I don't it, it, remind me if I am mistaken, but I don't know as though there's that real same 
kind of reason or purpose behind King King Ghidorah or Ghidorah, however you want to pronounce it. Again, I can't I can't pronounce it the same way twice. Um, but really, the atomic bomb. The you know, I think we already got rid of Hydra, which you know had the pollution element behind them as as a kaiju as well. But I think from a messaging perspective and just a and you know uh, representing um, a, and a commentary, I think Godzilla has that edge in this pairing, um, as well as to Zach's point, he is the king of the monsters. The movies told me so. It says right on the title of that poster, <laughs> "King of the Monsters." So, duh. <laughs> And movies have never lied to me. Um, no. And despite the fact that Ghidorah is also a king, but um, I, I, it's Godzilla here. It has to be Godzilla here. Um, so that's Godzilla advancing to final two. Iris versus Mothra. I want to start with Bob. Where are you on this one? I want Gamera, please. Okay. Oh, is that yeah. an option? Oh, I'm so Not sorry. Not an option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's Iris versus, I'm sorry, who did we pick for the- Mothra. Mothra. Mm, golly. I am going to have to go with Mothra. I think we've talked a lot about both of these characters, but I think in this pairing specifically, just the overall um, content of Mothra that is out there, the number of times that she's been in in a film, her own films, so the Godzilla films, the reinvention of her throughout um, throughout time. Iris has the one film. Again, Eric, let that sink in. That's just one film that Iris is in. Um, but anyway, um, so I'm going to be going with uh, Mothra in this pairing. Zach, where are you on this one? I'm going to agree with Bob. Uh, I like Iris as a character. I wish we had more. I really wish that trilogy um, expanded and we went further because that trilogy ends on a cliffhanger with a oh shit feeling to it. And I wish that we had more, but... That was it was a clever design and it it told a great three stories. But I'm going to go with Mothra as well. If there was more Iris, I may have swung the other way, but I'm going to go with Mothra. Eric, where are you? It's Mothra. As funny as the Iris of it all has been, it's Mothra. It's Iris' time to go. Hysterical. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Points. I love how bothered you are. You are panini pressed. All right. So uh, it's a final two of Godzilla versus Mothra. Kaiju mommy and daddy are fighting. And now we have to pick. Um, I'm going to start with Zach. Where are you on this one? Oh, this is tough. Um, Mothra, you know, she is much like Gamera was, you know, there as a defender of life always always on the side of good even though people may die by accident she was never malicious with it i think i will go with godzilla because some of the early films are goofy some of them are bad but he can play a different character uh, even though it's a man in a suit or CGI, whether it's the simple thing of don't fuck with atomic weapons or these are the thousands of dead souls that were taken out you know, by the atomic bomb or the, he is a titan defending Earth as well. He can be good. He can be bad. He, he can be versatile depending on what the movie needs him to be. Mothra will always be good. She will never be anything other than that. There's nothing wrong with that, and I love her design, uh, but I'll go with Godzilla just because of the longevity and versatility that he has been used as a character. All right, Bob, where are you on this one? I love the layers that Mothra brings into these films, that these can be more than just, 
you know, a monster stomping around the city um, and destroying buildings, right? Um, insurance companies are going, you know, wild over this. But, um, you know, I think Mothra brings in something that this can be, it can be more than just a monster. It can be, it can, it can offer more. It can, it can mean more. It can be a protector. It can just, it can be the mother um, to, to, to other things. But at the end of the day, when you think about kaiju monster films in general, and I attribute this to some of the, the, you know, oh shit moments that I saw in Pacific Rim where it was just, you're just waiting for those monsters to get to the landscape, to get to the scene where they're fighting and stomping and just attacking one another. Um, and, you know, Mothra is, you know, Mothra is around and, and she's, and she's engaged in some of that, but it's, it's really Godzilla stomping around, being a monster, whether it's good or bad, um, you know, destroying is what you want to see in these films. Um, at least maybe I'm speaking for myself in that regard, but just from an overall thought process of, of, you know, kaiju films and monster films in general, I think that Godzilla, in addition to everything else we've already said about him, just encapsulates the genre, um, and is the king of all monsters. Eric. Painful. This is painful. Because the thing is, any other matchup, it would be like, Mafra done, that's it. But it's Godzilla. And I think I just have to go with Godzilla as much as I hate to say no to Mafra, It's Godzilla. I mean, these were both your pepperoni arguments, right? So this is what happens when pepperoni meets pepperoni. This is what happens when Doug does cry, right? This Which is one is like. the spicy cup pepperoni? Though? That's the question. I think the answer is Godzilla is the spicy cup pepperoni. So spicy. Um, I, I, so spicy. I do think that uh, some people would be like, duh. And you could a- you could absolutely say, duh. However, if we were looking just on primacy, technically King Kong would be the winner because King Kong predates all of them um, by, I want to say, 20 years on, on Godzilla. Godzilla was 50s. Kong was 30s. Yeah. Um, and I, I but I think that Godzilla has I, I really liked what Zach said about the range. He's like the Robert De Niro of Kaijus. He, you know, he there's there's a lot of range there. He can do comedy. He can do Meet the Fockers. He can do serious. He can do the Godfather. Um but he's always satisfying. Even a bad Godzilla movie is still satisfying. Mothra is wonderful. She's a strong independent woman looking out for her children. Um but Godzilla brings it home. And like you said, Bob, like, what am I watching these movies for? It is that moment where like giant things are punching each other. Mothra doesn't punch anyone. Mothra like flaps its wings and like does iridescence and shoots silly string at people. And that's all great. But like Godzilla beats the shit out of people and like rips off their heads and like breathes atomic fires. And like, that's what I want out of my kaiju movies. So I think it has to be Godzilla. And I, and yes, it's dub, but it's also warranted to be 
done, in my opinion. So there you have it, folks. Our pick for the best kaiju is, in fact, Godzilla. Do you agree? Do you think that we need to redo this kaiju big battle? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Mastodon. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming soon, vote in open polls, and even decide which topics we tackle next. If you really enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to like and rate the episode of the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen on. I want to say thank you to my panel. Thank you especially to Eric for sponsoring this episode. It was a lot of fun. We combined our monster powers and saved the world from destruction once again. And thank you all for listening. If you loved what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get even more exclusive content and you get episodes a whole day early. We hope you have a good one. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. Justice for Gamera. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.